1: savings products insured by NCUA investment products are not insured not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value
2: you know that feeling when you walk into your home take a deep breath and feel new
1: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
0: Hey, Money Movers. Welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Our next guest is the multi-talented creative that she is. An actress, a comedian, a writer, a producer, an activist, and a singer. She hosts a weekly podcast titled Small Doses and she is the creator and host of the variety game show Smart, Funny, and Black. You may have seen her as one of the hosts on the talk show, The Real, or on HBO's Insecure and her very own stand-up special, I'd Be Knowing. Money Moves, please welcome the multifaceted queen, Amanda Seals, to the show.
3: (laughs) Hi, Amanda. I'll take it.
0: Oh, yes, queen.
3: I love it. I saw that crown. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. You are such a gift and I have laughed and chuckled and had some really deep conversations with you in my head, following you on Instagram and on The Reel as well. So it is such a pleasure to have you here today.
3: Appreciate you. I'm glad that I'm sparking thought. That's- oh, you
0: are certainly sparking thought, sister. And we are, so many of us are behind you, rooting for you, cheering for you, and grateful for the conversations and the seeds and the gems that you plant in so many of our heads. Um, but I'm just grateful for the time you're giving us today. And we want to get a chance to sort of understand a little bit about your journey. You're such a multi-talented um, being in this world. So take us back to young Amanda as a child. You know, you started as a minor role in film. And what? here you as are. a minor
3: f- role in film? I mean, you know, it was a big deal for me because that film, being in Cop and a Half, got me my sad card. So hey you call it minor if you want to no you're right you're right you're right let
0: me give you your praise i will say i will say tell us about it though because cop and a half i remember that that was totally in my day okay i remember that film for sure for sure for sure so tell us how you got your start in acting
3: i actually started uh dancing at disney Uh, When I was eight, I was in a show called The Sparkling Christmas Spectacular. It was just like, you know, uh, advertised in the newspaper. We went, we auditioned, I got it. And that was all she wrote because like the the kids who were already involved in the show, they had already been on the acting track. So they had headshots and agents and whatnot. And so my mom took tips from them and we kind of set forth and... Uh, very quickly, I was able to start booking stuff. And at that time, Nickelodeon had a headquarters in Orlando. So you know, it was just allowing me to get into the mix of things and uh, fast forward. And that was like, I was on my brother and me on Nickelodeon, which was the first black show on Nickelodeon and um, And that was all she wrote. I mean, I just kind of became a child actor, but it wasn't really Taking over my life, but it was mm-hmm. a big part of my future.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, not only as a child actor, you were also a competitive gymnast. And I think this speaks to like the drive it takes to succeed in this world. And like where. One of the things we love to talk about on Money Moves is how we can help, you know, inspire and sort of set the roadmap for success for so many. Not just in terms of securing the bag and making money moves, but also in the success of their careers. So what was it about you um, that sort of instilled this drive from an early age to pursue acting as well as competitive gymnastics?
3: I mean, my mom was always very much into like just putting me in stuff. Um, I, I really get frustrated when I see parents who are like, oh, I just don't want to be bothered driving my kid to this particular <sighs> lesson or, oh, you know, I need t- I need me time. And it's like, well, you had me time before you had this person. So Ugh. now it's like you need to understand that there's a balance that has to happen. And I know I don't have kids, but I say that as the child of somebody who really made it their business to put me first. yeah. And that allowed me to develop into a person who has the ability to help others and help myself and my mom put me in a lot of different things and that allowed me the opportunity to learn that like you can try things and not like them and try something else you know it 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 taught me about falling down and getting back up you know that it's not really failing its lessons um these are all things it taught me discipline Discipline. these are all things that have been able to carry me through And I'm in a business where it's very unwieldy. It's very unrelenting and it's very um, uncertain. And so the only thing I can really depend on is me. Mm -hmm. And so by the teachings that I had through going, you know, through being a part of these different activities and uh, the different coaches I had and instructors, I had, I got lessons that helped me to really know my full capabilities and have confidence that has carried me through.
0: I love that. Come on, moms, with the early stage life lessons. And uh-huh. I mean, I just love the background. No, really, I love the background of, of sports as well, because I feel like it teaches so much determination and perseverance. And, you know, it really, inf- I, I, I played sports as a kid, too, and I feel like it really helped me to set, you know, the tone for how I was going to be driven and approach things in life as well.
3: And responsibility, right? Yeah. Because you're not yeah. just responsible to yourself, you're responsible to your team. You know to your coaches and for me my my sport beyond gymnastics when i went to high school my sport was theater i mean theater at my school dr phillips high school in orlando was treated with the same applause wow. as ball or basketball yes so you know, we had to show up we had to show up for our classmates we had to represent our school true four two seven six yep um <laughs> we had to be a part of the administration of the theater like everything was happening because we as students were empowered to make sure it happened and when you learn that responsibility and accountability at an early age, I really do think it, you carry that with you. Yeah. And people respect you for it.
0: No, and I appreciate you calling it a sport because for some reason I feel like that hits with a lot of people. People think, oh, you're a comedian or you're an actor and it's this natural talent that you can just wake up every day, show <laughs> up on set and just do your thing. But it's it's a job. It's an experience. Right. It is like University 101. You know, it's, it's, it takes work, dedication and practice.
3: Let me tell you, anybody I went to high school with will tell you. And, I, and my high school is very well known. Like Wayne Brady went to my high school. Joy Fattone, Louis Fonsey. Like I have a very there's a there's a solid roster from Dr. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. D J Khaled. Um, wow. So we, you know, for those of us who came to the theater theater program, it wasn't just like, oh, we're here and we're amazing. No, you had to work, you had to rehearse, you had to edit, you had to, you know, there, there, you had to take um take L's. You may not get cast in this. Yeah. You know? And there was a drive that all of us had to being our best. And we had a deep bench. So we also needed to make sure that we were not just like you were
0: performing cuz you'll get yeah, kicked off the end there's of the bench. And people
3: here <laughs> they are just as good as you if not better. Yeah. And if they're not as good as you, they're working harder than you. So get yeah. it together. Yeah. So I think that all of that has helped me to to really sustain and to piv- to be able to pivot because I've had a love I've had a number of different career spaces that people have known me in. Um, and it wasn't, they weren't hobbies, you know, they were professional spaces. Oh, say that again. They weren't hobbies. They were professional spaces. I mean, but these are the things that I love
0: people to understand when they peel back the layers of people, these aren't just hobbies. It's, you know, you intentionally go in and you build like expertise and wisdom over years and it's okay to pivot and do something else, but you're just going to be the best in another arena for some time. Like that's,
3: that's really incredible. That I was a full DJ like for a time, you know, like I was DJing every night (laughs) a week for a time. And, um, you know, that was not something I took lightly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I would say like, in the contrast, I'm a painter. And yes, I have sold paintings, but I purposely don't present my being a painter as a part of my professional landscape because I don't want to have to deal with what comes along with making creative spaces commercial. Yeah, like, you know, when you sell on TV shows, it's like, yeah, I know you like this, but that may not be what the market wants. So when you're painting and you have to do that, it's it's sometimes, you know, it's annoying. You're like, I just want to paint what I want to paint. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. What the market wants. So I've been lucky enough to be able to keep that space protected. But nah, like, I mean, I I'm an actor. I was a whole spoken word poet for years. You know, I lecture at colleges, like all of these spaces were not things that I stumbled into. Comedy being a stand-up, like, it used to just hurt my feelings when people would be like, you know, you can't dabble with this. And it's like, how dare you? What, what, how why? I would never. And you can't. That's the other thing. Right. If you try and to dabble, you can't. Yep, yep, <laughs>
2: like, yep. You just won't make it. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from The Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
1: The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher.
0: And that's the thing about excellence and that's why I love talking to you know successful people in all varieties like it's about excellence and time and dedication to the craft and I just hope that so many in the money moves audience listens to this and really understands what it takes to get to the caliber and levels that we are and it's hard work but at the same time um, you know you come across a ton of pitfalls on the way. And one of the things that I think you've been really successful at is you've turned Amanda Seals into a brand, into a business, no matter what facet we're looking at. What was it about like how did you get the business mindset to mix in with achieving all of these different facets of your success?
3: So, there was a time frame in my early 30s, like 31 to 33, 34 where I really just didn't know what I wanted to do. I had been so immersed in hip hop uh, for the last 10 years. And that was always just like where I wanted to be. But but the, the game and the music had started changing and it really didn't feel like home anymore. And I started readdressing like, well, reassessing, well, what is it that you're about? Where do your passions lie? And I remember eventually just realizing that I wanted to have a career where I could speak and be myself. Because mm-hmm. everyone was telling me like, oh, you got to get the white girls to like you. Oh, you got to get the gays to like you. Oh, you <laughs> got to get this person, you got to be the it girl. And it was just like, it felt like I was going to have to Be somebody some else. yeah, exactly, yeah. in order to do that. And I was like, nah, like, I just want to be me. And I started looking at the career patterns of individuals who I respect and who regarded. And I know that these, these three may not seem like they align, but Ellen DeGeneres, Chelsea Handler, and Chris Rock are all very unique in what they do. Yep. But they all have something similar where they have built a multimedia moguldom based on their point of view. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's not just based on like some book they wrote. It's not based on a movie they were in. It's based on what they think about things. Mm-hmm. So when you look at all of those people, they have live TV. I mean, sorry, they have live shows, they have television, they have movies, they have books, uh, they have specials, all of these things. And I, I saw all of these things that they were doing and I was like, the only thing they're doing that I'm not doing or that I'm not able to do, I should say, was stand up. Because I could write, I could host, I could sing, I could act, but I couldn't do stand-up. And I was like, in order for you to endear people to your voice as a humorist, you need to start there first because mm-hmm. that is the most raw space mm-hmm. where you can demonstrate that. And that was what I knew I needed to do. And I kind of just put it out in the universe and then it just showed up. And when the opportunity came, I knew that I had to step up. And luckily I did not bomb. And <laughs> And I kept following that path, and I you know I did my I did my do's and stand up, I did my open mics and I did my my little shows in the basement of a Chinese restaurant and low speed, you know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you do all the things, but there's a phrase that someone told me once, I can't even remember who told it to me, but I live by it, and it's you can't step, you can't skip steps. Ooh, it's so true. But you can speed them up. Yep. Yeah, I completely That's the part that I feel like a lot of people don't remember. They don't remember that second part when they're maybe changing gears and career, you know, or they're trying to level up. It's it feels daunting because you're looking at that mountain, like, damn, how am I gonna get up that mountain? But at the end of the day, you are still in charge of your destiny. Absolutely. Like I knew, like I knew I needed to do open mics, but yep. I've been doing open mics for two years. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so you can be strategic about it and speed. I love that. You can't skip steps, but you can speed them up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So when people
3: talk to me about stand up, they're like, oh, you you, haven't been stand up that long. I mean, at this point, I've, I've been in stand up for eight years. But ultimately, when I got to stand up, I was already 31. I already knew my voice. Yep. I was already comfortable on a stage. I already knew how to handle an audience and a mic. So there were certain things that a lot of people needed to get through on their journey to being a stand up that I had already gone through. So that was a number of steps that were sped up. Right. Instantaneous. But I mean, I just love how people feel
0: like they can tell you, oh, well, you haven't been doing stand-up that long, so what? What does that mean, right? You're like, I had the experience, I had the talent. But people will do that. They'll tell you what they think they need to know about your career. And that's one thing I really love about you, because you're very vocal <laughs> about you know, rejecting that from other people. And I think that's really inspiring for a lot of people.
3: Well, people place their limitations on you. Yeah, now, People yeah. place their fears on you. And sometimes it's for the, from the best of intentions. You know, yeah. our parents, our friends. I had a situation, not a situation, but I had a conversation with a friend the other day where they were like, you know, I just get worried that you're gonna get canceled, you know, because you just, the way you talk, I just, I just get worried that you're gonna get canceled. And I was like, why do you worry about that? And he was like, well, I've been in a situation where, you know, I said something that was mistaken and it, it ended up affecting a contract and everything. I was like, oh, so you're putting your fear
0: you are totally right and I'm supposed to carry that and change my actions
3: <laughs> like oh shit I am and I was like you know because that happened and that sucks um, but I, I bet there's more to the there's more to there's more reasons to why that happened than just you said something right, right right and so that's the thing that we always have to look at is like how do we create scenarios where we can be our best selves and I know that yes I talk a lot and yes, people <laughs> Um, have definitely tried to come up with things about my my career. And like you said, like I speak out against it, but I also had to learn that there were things I needed to change about myself. Yeah. Not and not necessarily I don't even like the word change. There are things I needed to improve about myself. There were things I needed to improve about my circle. You know what I'm saying? There were things I needed to improve about my process in order to. Uh, support the the things that I was saying in contrast to Mm -hmm. to the Mm -hmm. assertions that people were putting on me. Mm -hmm. And it's a growing and it's a growing practice, right? I mean, I'm only 40. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling
0: you, 40 is the new fabulous. I, I, I have learned so much. I love being 40. I t- I'm i telling you, I love being 40. And I'm just going to keep saying that for every year of my life because it's just, I love this journey and I'm just embracing everything that I learned from today to yesterday. So 40 is in- incredible for me. You I get
3: wouldn't it. wouldn't pay me to be in my 20s again. Oh,
0: my gosh. I mean, I thought it was good, but sheep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it. I've done it. I agree. I agree. Okay. So let me focus in now. So let's talk about, you know, your career in comedy and your special, your comedy special on HBO. That was, am I right? It was HBO, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I brain farted there. Okay. How incredible was that? And talk about how you secured that because one of the things on Money Moves is we're always talking about, you know, making moves to further our career and advance it. What was it? How did you go after getting that, um, special?
3: Well, I would say it's not just who you know, it's who knows what you do, mm. okay? You can know everybody, but if they don't know what you do, they gonna never talk about you in the other rooms that they're in. Ooh, come on, Amanda, tell us. And so I began the journey to getting my comedy special because Jesse Collins mm-hmm. and I are homies. Well, we're like really good friends now, but at the time we were homies. And he was in a meeting at HBO and they were talking about the people they were working with. And he was like, how are you not working with Amanda Seals because she's on your network and she's hilarious. And that seed was able to then flourish because I had an agent who really cared about me Mm -hmm. and anybody that's in like entertainment, if you don't, if your agents don't care about you, you might as well just not have an agent. I know some people feel like, well, I need to have an agent because it's a look. If they don't care about you, they are actively working against you. Ooh. And I can say that as somebody who fired all my agents at one point and was literally just like, I'm out here, y'all got any jobs, Holla at a player. <laughs> but I didn't want to be giving money to people who were putting me in deleterious situations. Right. But I, I was really fortunate that my agent, who was a junior agent at the time, by the way, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he got on the good foot and started really just putting the bug, continuing to put the bug in HBO's ear and then I had some shows in, in, um, at Caroline's in New York, yep. that's HBO came, and they reported back and said they had never seen somebody get a standing ovation in the middle of a show. And so I was like, oh, oh. And so, you know, you get excited and you're like, it's gonna happen, maybe a year later. A year later still still like okay well we're thinking about it we're possibly going to do it and then i had a show i did smart funny in black at um the bell house in brooklyn mm-hmm. and the head exec for specials came to the show and when she came in we had never met before and she was like amanda seals and i was like hello the person who refuses to give me a special oh and pleasure we to and meet you an <laughs> and the thing about it though is that some people might, some people misread me, right? And they'll think like, oh, like she's, enti- she, she's entitled, like she thinks she's all that, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you don't ask people for what you want, you ask people for what you deserve. <coughs> I know I deserve a goddamn special Come on. at that point. I wasn't asking her for it because I wanted to look or because I believe in hype or whatever, whatever. No, I wanted a special because I knew I deserved a special, and I knew that because my audience had told me. Mm. I didn't make that up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. my audiences had told me that. I'm doing shows. People are like, we need your voice. We see you. We love you. And it's like, well, lo and behold, I'm only the second black woman to have a stand-up special on HBO. And people were con- congratulating me for that. And I was like, that's not a congratulations. Right. That's we're behind a- the curve. Right. <laughs> that's really a problem. Right. I should have. That's why when people ask me, Amanda, who are your who are your black women comedian? Uh, idols. I'm like, I don't really have any because I didn't get to see any when I was coming up. Yep. Yeah, so I. That was how my special happened. And um, I just was really proud of what we did. Stan Lathan directed it, which was a dream come true. Uh, we did it in the supper club, which is where I did Deaf Poetry Jam 10 years before. Wow. Um, and Stan directed that. And, um, and I really am mostly proud of it because I feel like I got to speak directly to black women. Oh, you did. And, <laughs> and a group of Black women that I feel like don't necessarily get spoken for, you know, like yep. the professional Black women. I feel like oftentimes gets like overlooked and we are out here and we're working and dealing with different types of issues than other groups of Black women, et cetera. So I really felt proud that I could give a voice yeah. to that space.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. I, I I know that very well and I appreciate, I loved your special. I laughed my ass off Good. like over and over at it. Um, so I appreciate it. And I just love how you claim it. You're like, wasn't like I wanted it, I deserved one. And I think, you know, having more and more powerful women voice that, especially, you know, as we've come through Black Lives Matter and the past couple of years where we've just like, I mean, we've all gone through trauma, being able to stand up and say like, I deserve this
3: <laughs> is really important. I remember really important. one time and, and this white exec was like, you're very overconfident. And I was like, how, what are you basing that on? because what you seem to perceive as overconfidence is simply just me voicing the (laughs) accolades that I have done and what I want based on what I have proven myself to be. But it's like, how dare you? No, you should always, there's this idea that we should always make folks feel like they're giving us something and we should always feel like appreciative that they have allowed us to shine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love, I love just kind of breaking that idea of be the good girl, be kind, be nice and be quiet. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like you can be,
3: you can be kind, you can be nice, passionate, you can be Uh, empathetic without being a pushover.
0: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Amanda, thank you so much. I loved just sharing this space with you because you are so smart, funny, and black. And I appreciate all of the wisdom and gems that you dropped. And congratulations on just being such an inspiration to so many of us. Um,
3: Thank you. No, thank you all. And thank you all for creating this space and for the work that you all are doing to advance Black folks because I can, just being a part of it in this even this small way is an honor.
0: Well, we appreciate you. And can you please share with us where people can find you on social media and um, also on all the different platforms that you're on so we make sure we don't miss a beat.
3: So you can follow me at Amanda Seals on Instagram, as well as at smart, funny and black. And you can follow smart, funny and black on YouTube. You can follow smart, funny and black uh, on Facebook. You can also go to smartfunnyandblack.com and and you can follow Amanda Seals on Twitter. But I don't really be tweeting cause that's like, it's like a cesspool at this point. It's
0: too much, it's too much, too much. And don't forget <laughs> October 1st, they're launching smart, funny and black on Patreon. So please you can join for as low as $5 or 500. thanks so much amanda that's it for this episode of the money moves podcast powered by greenwood thank you for joining us money movers be sure to tune back in next time to see all the other great tips and exciting stories and information that we've got for you toodaloo thank you so much for tuning in money moves audience if you want more or a recap of this episode please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the money moves podcast blog Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Zumo Play.